Rush is back. Final hour. Teddy Lehman here. Travis Davidson in T-Town. Connor hanging out with myself here in the Ref Studios. 651-3439. I keep asking about our strength and conditioning results this year. Care to comment? We did a whole segment on it yesterday. <laughs> Just copy-pasted the same yeah, text, even though we spent one. a whole segment talking about it yesterday. Yeah. That's interesting. So, yes. Yes. We do care to comment. Um, you know, the TCU thing is interesting. Uh, TCU had a, had an easier system. I I think that they had, um, you know, better pieces and performed better. I, you know, I, I go back to the same thing we hit on yesterday. We were an undisciplined team. We whiffed on wide-open opportunities offensively and defensively in special teams in critical moments in tight games. Uh, I don't think – I don't think – I mean, scheme, when you got wide-open tacklers unblocked with opportunities to make plays, you got to make them. You got to ta- – that's, that's not a bad scheme. That's not a bad game plan. It's not bad coaching. It's it's execution. When you got wide open receivers dropping deep balls for touchdowns, that's not a bad scheme. Right? It's lack of execution. When you have touchdowns called back for you know guys being past the line of scrimmage or um, you know a guy holding whenever it's unnecessary late in a in a in a in a play when the ball's gone, I we just when you miss field goals. We just missed. We had tons of opportunities to win games, and we just didn't make those plays. I, I, I don't. Some people love to put that on scheme. I don't. Some people love to put that on time management. I don't. You know, some people love to to say we're playing the wrong guys, and that's the one I guess that's hard to argue with, but. Should we have taken Mims out after he dropped some deep balls? You know, I, why is it just one-sided, you know, where where it's just defensive guys play the freshman? Right, like when it, when it like Marvin Mims drops a deep ball, like pe- people are like, well, you know, why, why, why do we keep going back to him? Well, because if Marvin Mims is wide open down the field, you, you make that throw. You simply do. Right. I mean, and 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 he's and he catches it. I know it feels like he dropped every one, but he caught it more often than he dropped it. Believe it or not. So, Teddy, I watch my uh, I watch my Vikings. Sure, they get uh, you know um, curb stomped uh, decently often, but when they have a close game, they're eleven and zero in close games, and they're situ. It's because they're who you so- talk? Who'd you say? What was the team? Vikings. Okay. So yeah, they get you know. They get the break speed off them by, you know, the Packers and the Cowboys and the Eagles, you know, would go on. But in close games, they're 11-0, and which is the most in NFL history. And they say they practice the situational things. They have yeah. situational masters, I think is what they call it. But it's, you know, late in games, like what you need to do with 
you know, clock? Do you need to get out of bounds? Do you need to stay in bounds? Do you need to do yeah. this, that, or the other? We, we watch what all the other teams do around the league and what crazy situations might arise, and that's what gets us the wins in the, in the game of inches. They've won every single close game they've been in. And that's where, to your point, Minnesota doesn't have the dumb penalty that takes the touchdown off the board, right? They don't have the penalty that extends the drive. It does help that they have Justin Jefferson, I will admit. But, you know, to your point, it's just the it's the little things. You clean that discipline up, and it makes such a big difference. Yeah. Um, TCU could have scored 100 points on us from the text line. Fact check comes back true on that one. Um, players being un- undisciplined and not situationally prepared in every game over 12 weeks. Pretty clearly a coaching issue. This is the um, this is the fight that I will constantly have with somebody. I if you can see, and I'm when I'm saying you, I'm talking to the texter or I'm talking to the listener. If you can see the situation and you can uh, you can see that a player is unblocked or you can see that a player is wide open or you can see that um you know we we screw something up by missing a block or by you know running downfield on a on a pick play on the on the 5 yard line that's a walk in touchdown like if you could see all those things do you honestly believe that that isn't coached? Like it's, ah, man, we forgot to tell the guys that when they're unblocked that, you know, you've, you've got to go make the tackle or that, you know, this play is specifically run as uh, designed, like it's in the design of the play that we've got to, catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage or we we can't intentionally block the player on the pick play i do you think those things like aren't like do you, do you honestly think whenever they spend countless amount of hours designing and coaching and installing and practicing and watching it on film and then practicing it again the next day and then coaching it and walking through it on the on the field beforehand and then watching it again from practice the second day and then watching it how you ran it the week before and then watching how they're going to defend it and how exactly you need to play it because this is what they did when Iowa State ran the same play or when Texas ran the same play. This is what we're going to get. This is where they're going to be. This is the down and distance they run that coverage in, and this is why we're running the play against it. Do you really think that those points aren't being coached? Do you really think that? I, I, I believe that there is a chunk of fans that envision – the process as the same process they had whenever they played in the ninth grade or in high school. Like it, every single detail, 
is coached specifically where exactly you line up to the inch, where your gap is, where your coverage is, what the route concepts are. You have an entire breakdown of their down and distance tendencies, of their formation tendencies. You have all of that. You think that's all just pops up out of thin air? No, it all comes through hours and hours of study, hours and hours of preparation, right? Does anyone ever think that at some point it has to be on the player to make the play? Does that just not exist anymore? Yeah, it's it's one of those, like, it, it, my favorite example of it is the getting your head around, right? Like a defensive back, like getting your head around. Like we, we see it every year, every day, right? Saying, hey, if you get your head around, you know, and play the ball, you won't get that penalty called on you. And then what happens? They don't get their head around. Do you think any defensive back coach in – any college in the country is not coaching that to get your head around. Like at some point, it, like the message just, just isn't getting through. Now, of course, you can say, "Well, it's the coach's job to figure out how to get that message through." Okay, I mean, I get it, but again, right, here's how you get the message through: you got to get your head back. You got to turn around and find the ball. You're going to get flagged every single time. Like that's all the message you need. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like, how come people refuse to say? ever that it's on the athlete himself like they're drilling it you've been told you've shown been uh, that film i'm guaranteeing you is up there on the the bad reel that you watch as a team after a game it's brought up how many times have we drilled this how many times have we talked about this we did this exact drill on thursday all right, we spent we allocated practice time for this specific reason because it's been a problem area for us and it shows up again. Like, at what point does someone say that the athlete needs to learn how to, to turn the head around and find the football? And, you know, th- that's actually a – that's probably the – that's the most difficult of all of the situations. Right. Because, uh, c- you know, you – that is covering downfield anymore is it is such difficult duty. The level of quarterback play, the level of wide receiver play, the size. Like typically, we're in that position because we're giving up a bunch of size as well. You know, because everyone in the conference has big receivers except for us. So, you know, it's just it, that's a tough spot. But you know, it's still the same point. Do do we? At what point do you? ever put some onus on the player does that happen or do we just automatically assume that it's the coaches are dumb and pathetic and should be fired (laughs) well it's 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 similar to the conversations that people are having even on the text line or on twitter or whatever about ld washington right it's like well Marvin Mims is dropping the ball so much that it must be because of LD Washington's coaching. Like he didn't drop the ball the year before. Like, like I, like I, the guy's in year three. He was a freshman All American. Like, I mean, the guy. Yeah, I like that you're, kind of stuff. You're like, a wide receiver. You know how many balls 
Marvin Mims catches in a single day in practice. Here's typically what a wide receiver does during a, a typical game week. Okay, let's let's assume that you've got uh, you're on the field. You practice at at three o'clock. Okay, so if you practice at three o'clock, you're prob you probably have a workout at some point in the day, but before meetings and practice starts, the receivers are on these these tennis ball machines. It's a big bucket of tennis balls, and it's got like a. It's like a, it's got a tube on it, and I think it's it's got like it's air. Compressed air fires these tennis balls, and the receivers go over there, flip this machine on, and it just fires tennis balls at them nonstop. Uh, they catch them with one hand. They catch them with two hands. They stand to the side and catch it. Um, you know, they turn around and catch it as it right before it fires. And then they'll get with a uh, equipment manager on the jugs machine that's going to fire some balls at him from some different spots. And then you go out to practice after you get warmed up. You go through pat and go where the quarterbacks warm up. You're catching balls there. You go through uh, wide receiver drills where you're working on catching balls in different situations there. You'll walk, you'll work blocking and you'll work footwork and you'll work uh, release and uh, you know, where you line up, motion, shifts, alignments, go through some detailed stuff of, of what you've got to do as far as you know, when a route changes, do you have an open middle? Do you have a closed middle? Do you, are you getting press? Is it cover four and they're off? Like what combinations are we, are we working if you don't get pressed on the release and they're bailing on you? Like they'll go through all of that stuff. And then they'll go catch balls of one-on-one against the defensive backs where they go uh, man-to-man, one-on-one coverage, catching balls against the DBs. You work release, you work route tree, and then you, obviously you work the catch in traffic against the defender. And then you go to seven on seven. In seven on seven, uh, a lot of times there's two balls coming out to where every, not every receiver, but a lot of the receivers, you get more balls flying in the air. You're working catches there. You're working route running there. Then you go to a team period, right? You're working uh, your, your, your team situation with the offense against scouts. You're, you're catching balls uh, in that period. And then you uh, maybe get together with the defense for a blitz period, right? And you're catching balls in the blitz period. And then practice is over. And a lot of guys stay after late with the quarterback. The quarterback wants to work the comeback route or he wants to work the fade route in the corner of the end zone. You catch balls there. Uh, maybe you dropped one in seven on seven. So the coach, uh, you have to catch balls after practice on the jugs. So you go over to the jugs and you catch 100 balls on the jugs. From the uh, from the equipment manager in a given day, a Division One wide receiver, a, especially a starter, probably catches five hundred balls. But it's the coach's fault if he drops one in the game. Yep, just bad coaching, Ted. I we we've got to we got to allow for for some some players to to take a little bit of burden of responsibility and the coaches are going to say the same thing they always do they're going to walk right up to the podium they're going to say we got out coached today we got outplayed we got to do a better job preparing we got to do a better job game planning we got to get our guys in a, in a better position to make plays and a lot of times I'm sitting there thinking a better position to make plays like like 15 yards behind the defense and the ball dropped up right over his shoulder or a better position, as in unblocked, in the gap, one-on-one with the running back, no one around you, no one's touched you, 
Like, that's as good as a position as you can be in. But the coaches will sit there and eat it because that's what you do, right? And the and the players skate, and the people on Twitter fire off the, oh, this is terrible, these defensive coaches suck. Well, hang on a second. You just watch three unblocked guys whiff on a player, but the defensive scheme sucks, right? Okay. I just don't understand it, man. The, and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we have a perfect coaching staff or that they performed perfectly this year. But I'll tell you right now, you have a coaching staff that is in extremely high demand. You have an offensive coordinator that is in extremely high demand from a bunch of schools, okay? Like, there's a lot of people that want your offensive coordinator. Brent Venables could have been a head coach at a bunch of places. Could have been a defensive coordinator anywhere in the country. It ain't scheme, okay? That coach, that Brent Venables, has coached national award winners at multiple schools, number one defenses at multiple schools, put guys into the NFL, top draft picks at multiple schools, national championships at multiple schools, Conference championships at multiple schools. But he shows up and sucks, right? Forget. He forgot how to coach here, you know, before he went to Clemson previously, right? Before he had the number one defense in the the, uh, country almost every year or right there in the top five, knocking on the door. But, you know, he was terrible whenever he was here. Do do you think that maybe – that just maybe there's a common denominator here, right? Is there a common denominator perhaps that things have been maybe broken, that things are, uh, you know, not operating at the way that they need to be? Don't you think that there may be a, a there may be a, just a common thread here that needs to be rooted out and they're in the process of rooting it out? Yeah, we only have a, uh over two decades of evidence to support that. Right. So, you know. But they suck. They're pathetic. (laughs) They should be fired. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Um, You know, uh, Todd Donnan, a buddy of mine, his dad uh, was the OC from 85 to 89, ran the old old wishbone. He might know something about some uh, running quarterbacks. He texts me. QB run game was also massive for TCU. And to your point, yeah. Ted, that you make that you make about what having Jackson Arnold will do for the run game for us. I mean, Chandler Morris, he won the job. They could run Max Duggan all they wanted. That's right. And he and he had six games, Ted, where he had over fifty yards rushing, and he had two games where he had over a hundred yards rushing. Yeah, well, he had a lot of games where he had over 100 yard rushing, but you know he did take a bunch of sacks. The too. sack numbers, oh right. yeah, 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 yeah. But but in college, they you know that goes into the total, so it's a little bit weird. But your point is dead on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but and and like you said, it's I think you can expect a lot of that because Dylan is a capable runner. He's not again. He's not going to be Kyler or anything out there, but he's a capable runner. He has shown. That he, when he pulls the ball, he's got some moves. We obviously saw the big run uh, against Nebraska that really kind of calmed the team down, Ted. Like, 
it seemed like that building, I mean, you were there, it was rocking, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when when Nebraska got off to that, that good start, it started to feel like, uh-oh, this, this crowd's really into it. And Dylan's run was really the thing that, that, that kind of took the air out of their, out of their sails. Once that, you're able to do that more often with Jackson behind him. Yeah. Completely different. Cause that's what, that's what TCU did with Duggan. Yep. Yeah. But I'm not worried, you know, and I'm not, it doesn't, it doesn't do any good to, to, um, I mean, everyone. Everyone can see that, like where we need to get better. Like, I, I don't think that it, it doesn't take it doesn't take a genius to figure out all the all the different places we need to get better. Now, we may we may differ on why we got to the position where we are, and 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 how maybe the, is the best route to get better the quickest. But we all we all can see it, but. And, and players know the mistakes that they made, right? And hopefully they're they're taking the steps to address that. But I mean, that's just been one of the problems. It, it's been it's been so long. Like it's been the same problems for a long time. Like this isn't the first year that these things have shown up, right? And I we just got to see if they can root out the the deep seeded problems that have kind of been plaguing us for several years now and hopefully we can all right quick time out more from the rush coming up rush is back teddy layman here travis davidson in t-town connor hanging out in the ref studios with me six five one three four three nine air comfort solutions all right boys i'm not going to be with either one of you again before the football game uh the national championship football game Texas Christian is taking on the Georgia Bulldogs uh, for this year's national championship. If you guys did not know, that game is Monday night. Connor, who wins the football game? Are you still doing the TCU? Uh, uh, they cover. Again. Yes, they. <laughs> well, dude, I, w- I want to pick TCU so bad. This yeah. Cinderella story is just incredible what they're doing. Uh, I think it's going to come to an end. But I, I, I yeah. really think it's a really good game. I hope Georgia so. Georgia by three. I'll go three. Travis. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Georgia has been one of the most uh, I don't know maybe under the radar dominant teams throughout the entire season. We got all enamored with you know other other teams throughout the year. Probably specifically Tennessee. You know, people were saying, "Oh, Tennessee." You know, is uh, is 2019 LSU all over again? They're just going to go on a tear throughout the playoff, this, that, and the other. Meanwhile, they play Georgia. It didn't quite work out like that. I know they had injuries yeah. and everything, but that's part of the season. Um, I am taking Georgia, and I think Georgia wins by two scores. Yeah. Well, I uh, – it kind of feels like – like the TCU, like it's one of those. It's been fun, guys. You know, it's been a it's been a nice run. It's been it's been great. It's been it's been really cool to see everyone. Uh, you know, start to follow you guys and the story. And but you just it's like you just don't have the car. You know, well, I mean, it, just you don't like when we to your point. Like you don't have it. Like Michigan, 
yeah, Michigan's got a ton of talent. On paper, they have more talent than TCU. But even Michigan, if you put them side-by-side side to Georgia, Georgia just has the horses that, that even Michigan, you know, can't really uh, bridge that gap with. Well, I think we've found out that Michigan was distracted by the by the burgers, the Brown Derby uh, scandal. Was it uh, the Brown Jug scandal that was uh, looming? Right, the hamburger. Yeah. That's what. That's what really had Michigan off their game. It had to have been NCAA officials probably were interrogating them at halftime. Probably couldn't get any halftime adjustments. I feel like we will know in the first like first couple of drives if if TCU's going to make it a game or not um i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to pick TCU i think that you know obviously the odds are stacked against them the talent is stacked against them here's the thing that they have they have the better quarterback in the game they they have the better skill position uh group in the game and they have a defense that is better than anyone is willing to give them credit for. Uh, It's not Georgia's defense at all. It's not close. Okay, but uh, I I think what they do is unique and odd enough that could give them a couple of opportunities to get some stops, maybe for some turnovers. Uh, Stetson Bennett did not play well in the semifinal. I don't think that it's that it's just a uh, uh, a guarantee that he plays great in the national championship, especially against the defense like like TCU's got some cover guys now. Like, yeah, we we could talk about TCU all we want about how well that you know they they did better. I they got better cover guys. Their two inside backers are studs right now. Um, their three down defensive linemen are. Or you know the nose tackle for a true freshman has been incredible. For sure. Yeah, and, he's been incredible. And that scheme is, they line up like what did they say in the semifinal? They blitzed less than anyone in the country. Is that what they said? I could believe it if they said it. I'm, I'm not sure I remember that exactly, but I, yeah. I could definitely believe it. Right, like they they I think their their percentage of snaps that they bring pressure was either the lowest or one of the lowest in the country. And they just sit back. They play the cover. It's a lot like the the Iowa State deal, but Iowa State actually brings a lot of pressure the way they do it. But like the coverage aspect of it, whenever they're in that, uh, there's there's a lot of similarities. And they just they force you to make a mistake, and they come up, they tackle well. And you know the other part is like once you get, once you start to get to where some, it's like the guys like something's happening here, like. We're turning into a really good football team. Yeah, you get the confidence. You play with confidence. And and guys start to they dig in more. They watch more film. The the backers get together to to go over the game plan the night before the game in someone's room and you know the uh the defensive backs, you know, start putting each other through the test and and everything that you're going to have the next day on game day and the offensive line gets together and and you know maybe goes down into a conference room and steps through a couple of problem areas or blitzes that, that they feel like they're going to get just to make sure like the guys start to do those things on their own, you know, and and that's whenever teams really take off and turn into something good. Teddy, you're convincing me to go with TCU from the text line. Don't you put that on me. 
Don't you put that on me. Uh-oh. Okay. Teddy says he, he told me uh, <laughs> off air that he it. would – he told me off air that he would uh, reimburse any gambling losses – um, <laughs> if you uh, bet on TCU. So go ahead and go ahead, show us those tickets. And Teddy said he will reimburse those. He will have to check with his wife because he's not sure if he actually gets paid. Uh, so I keep seeing this text about Metallier. Um I don't know. Is Metallier returning? I don't know. I don't think he has eligibility, but that is like I'm – I don't I don't, I don't know I, that anymore. I'm, I don't I'm think he does that. either. You think he's gone? Okay. Yes, that's. That, I mean, I, I'm not confirming that, but I'm. That's what I've pretty much assumed this whole time. So it would be a surprise to me if Matalier's still here next year. Okay, I am on. Oh, I'm on the website, the Soonersports.com. I've checked the roster. I've scrolled down to offensive line. Here's number 72, offensive lineman McKay Matalier, redshirt junior. So he's got eligibility. He'll be oh, back. Okay, unless he's you know. Off to the NFL, which I doubt. So we should have Metallier back. Look should... at you using your resource as well. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, Metallier back. Rame back. Uh, Murray. Does... Murray's got to be gone, right? He's gone. Yes, Murray's gone. He's that's out right. of eligibility. He, yes. That's right. And um, Conjol's gone. Conjol's gone. Yeah. So there you go. Bray Walker gone. Uh, uh, yes. Anton Harrison, Wanya Morris, gone, gone. So, Sexton well, injured. Yeah, he he says he still he still feels he'll be ready for 2023. So, good. That's what he told me. So, you know, I uh, we'll wait for more official. Like, he wants to make sure if the school wants to release anything or anything like that specifically about the injury. But, you know, he's uh, I, I mean, I feel terrible for the guy. He was so excited. You know, to get an opportunity to start in a bowl game as a freshman, I mean, at such an important position. So, uh, I have no doubt that he will attack the rehab. Yeah. Uh, interested in interested to see where Tyler Guyton could go. He is. Everybody was raving about him, even in the off season, saying he's got the highest upside. Uh, you know, of any lineman that we had, I think was the the term, right? Yep, he does. He does. He's got an incredibly high ceiling, but Savion Bird's got an incredibly high ceiling too. That if those two can kind of unlock what they, what they can do, they got some opportunity. Consistency, consistency. Yeah. Um, uh, good choice, Teddy, on TCU. Uh, Hodge is due to take out another quarterback. Those guys, those two inside backers are are great. Number six is a stone cold killer. That dude. I really enjoy watching him play linebacker. He is violent. Both of them are, but he comes with some attitude now whenever he comes to make a play. Guy's fun to watch. All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. A couple of segments as we head into the weekend. Stay tuned. Rush is back. couple of segments left heading into the weekend. 651-3439 if you want to get a, uh, a last text in here. Um, Gunny of Stutzman Army. Uh, hmm, is that maybe? Maybe Pops always, I don't know, always said you can be the best painter in the world, but if you ain't at work, what are you painting? 
I don't know what that's in reference to, um, but I'm sure it nails the point on the head. I think that uh, I think that text may be uh, brought to you by a left-handed cigar um, <laughs> from old Gunny. <laughs> uh, would you say TCU has a 69% chance to win? Roughly. Roughly. In the vicinity. Roughly um, 69%. Interesting choice. Yeah. I... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm um, the one thing that TCU has, like I said, is that those skill guys, man, and Georgia's defense is excellent. But you add a running quarterback to the mix, and even the best defenses can start to crumble a bit. And let's not forget, uh, they just gave up 41 to Ohio State and. Uh, C.J. Stroud, who does not scramble very often, uh, he started to run the football quite a bit against them, and it it made their defense begin to break down. And I guarantee you TCU is going to do some of the same type of stuff. So I also think that Ohio State's got a bit more – obviously Quentin Johnson, first-round type guy, no doubt about it. Um I disagree I think, with you on this, man. I'm, we've had we've talked about it. I, I know, but remember, then we were going to talk about it on air because we were, uh, you know, talking about it in the in the lobby. But I think, I mean, I'm taking C.J. Stroud over Max Duggan, mm-hmm. um, and even if you're, even if you want to wash Marvin Harrison Jr. and Quentin Johnson, just the the skill position players for Ohio State, I feel like, because because that's what Ohio State butters their bread with, is their skill position players. So, I, I, I feel like they have the advantage, and again, specifically a quarterback. While I think, I do agree with you that TCU has the advantage in quarterback in this game, I think C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback that um, Georgia will have played this year. So, I think they might be slightly relieved to not have to deal with C.J. But, uh, do you think Here's what's interesting. If Georgia goes on to win this game, I mean, what is that what does that do for Stetson Bennett's career? I mean, a two-time back-to-back national champion. Um he's probably not getting bogus speeding tickets in Athens after that. No, he's he's probably uh probably needs going to be a lifelong resident there. I don't know where he's from, but uh probably going to be a lifelong resident. Yeah, I He's like 25, so imagine right. he just wears the Letterman jacket around and his rings just all around town. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I, don't know, man. I, I would put, as a group, I put TCU skill guys, uh, which what's the deal with Miller? Is What's the latest on him? Do we know? Is he playing? I, I don't know. I haven't gathered any new intel since the last time we spoke. If If he's back and he's – and he's, uh, um, you know, he's he's listed as questionable. But if he's if he's back and he's able to go uh, and give them that one-two punch, at least uh, at least you know for some some percentage, even if he's not a hundred percent, that's I, I put I put the the total group of TCU skill guys up against anyone with what they've done at quarterback, the two backs. They're two gigantic outside wide receivers. They're uh, speed guy in the in the slot, Darius Davis, and they're six foot nine tight end, 
Uh, you put all of that mixed together and you throw that running quarterback that can pull it down and uh, the grit and and fight that he plays with, I, they deserve to be here. Can they pull it off? Like They're going to need some things to happen, right? They're going to need some bounces and their defense is going to have to, I think, force some turnovers from from Stetson Bennett and get him a little bit off of his game in that unique uh, defense that they run. But I don't know. I like it. I, I uh, If Ohio State can put up 41 against against Georgia, I'm not saying TCU is going to put up 41, but I think they can score and score enough to possibly win it. We, we will see. Final, uh, final picks uh, for those of you keeping score at home. Um, old Connor Pasby hedged. Uh, he uh, wants to pick TCU, but he's, he he's saying they cover though. I mean, that's thirty thirty-eight thirty-five. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now, has um, Georgia got to score a touchdown late to win it, or could does be. Yes, TCU could come be. up short? We'll see. Right. I think, yeah. Or is or is it a walk-off field goal? Walk-off field goal. That would be awesome. Teddy's got TCU. He's got the frogs beating the dogs. Um and and I've got Georgia I've got Georgia winning uh, by seven touchdowns right by forty eight thirty eight okay. two scores forty eight thirty eight because they knocked they they took down that unbeatable Ohio State team huh God not that they're not unbeatable Dad I just don't, it. I just I just don't think I don't know I I, I think that skill position wise Ohio State I personally think is better and I think their quarterback's better so if you're looking at just what can a team do to Is their defense, defense better? Mm, may probably not. Um, they've got a lot of talent, but I'm just—I've never been wild about Jim Knowles. But they've let a lot of guys, especially against Michigan. You saw them sell out on the run and then just leave guys running wide open. But yeah, I don't know. I think I—I I just think Georgia's the best defense in the country. That's—I I feel like that's an an entity that I'm comfortable with. It's a known commodity. Well, so, statistically, Illinois had the best defense okay. in the country. All right. <laughs> so. Well, outside of uh, outside of Illinois, I guess. Yeah, um, I'd say Georgia's think, pretty good. They played. Pretty, uh, pretty good. They played the the number one offense in the country at one point in Tennessee. Um, you know, LSU had the good offense rolling. They played them. <sighs> Well, you know what? Now that I look at their schedule, not a lot of offensive juggernauts on there other than Tennessee. Yeah. So, but but but, but it's legit. I'm not I'm not yeah. trying to say that their defensive standing isn't legit. They've they've earned where they are. Right. It'll be the best best defense by far that TCU has played against. Yep. All right, quick timeout. Final segment of the rush is coming up next. Stay with us. All right, rush is back. Taking you into the weekend. It's been fun, gentlemen. Yeah, Three it's days. been a blast, man. It's been good. A little, little uh, 12 hours of just uh, just us. Well, I mean, Connor did, uh, you know, have a tea time. Uh, That's true. You know, I did. Day, I, but, I made you know. it in time. You had to meet the boys for drinks on, uh, yeah, on Wednesday some, night. For some clubbies. Well, it was fun. I enjoyed you guys. Both did an outstanding job. And uh, I appreciate all the the texters texting in on the text line. You guys killed it. You guys drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's all go enjoy an ice cold Pacifico. See you guys Monday.